you stay standing, let's put up the chorus again. I just want you to know where that song comes from. It's an old hymn that actually comes way back into the day, uh, the chorus there. And so I want us to sing it as it once was sung in, I think, the Middle Ages. And what had happened was, as I was saying to the team, I was like, man, we got to have this uh, for us in our culture, in our time. And so the band wrote this. Let's give it up for the band. Making it happen. Making it happen. But let's, let's give it its classic rendition. You guys ready? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above, ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Give it up for Jesus one more time. Come on. You may be seated. I just double-dog dare you at Thanksgiving before they eat, uh, just stop and be like, "Uh uh-uh, excuse me, family, before we eat, we got to sing. Praise God from whom. I bet your family will sing along or they'll look at you crazy. How many of y'all still going to have Thanksgiving regardless of what the governor said? Amen. Amen. You know, I always say to people, you don't have to come if you don't want to, just more for us. Um, oh, so grieved this week, though. I was so sad because some of my favorite churches in the city, and they're about ready to stop being my favorite churches, uh, but they're going back online. That's okay uh, if they want to uh, wear the mark of the beast one day. But if you want to be on the front line, you can't be so quickly to get pushed online. This is what I don't understand. Do you think it's just a coinkydink that it all just goes up around flu season? We're in flu season. It's an influenza-like illness. It's going to do what it's going to do. Now, here's the deal. Here is my, my wisdom as Dr. Joe, but the kind that can't help you, okay, except if you want theology. Here's my wisdom in all of this. You have to make the decision what's right for you and your family. And I believe in free enterprise and businesses to be able to do that. No shoes, no service, no mask. Okay, I find another place. I just uh, stopped going to my gym, and I've gone back to riding my bike outdoors. Pray I get some good weather because they said I had to wear my mask indoors doing the gym thing. And I'm just like, guys, I just, I mean, could could you squeeze out any more joy of the little bit of reprieve that I had here? I mean... They shut down the pool with the kids. They won't let us rock climb. They won't let us do this. And I'm, it's not free. It's not like they're paying me to go there. I'm paying them. Amen? But I had to repent. Were you guys here last week when I said the Lord tells me now when I'm not nice, I have to go back and repent? So I had to repent because I got mad at the manager. I was so upset because I was doing my exercise. I was doing the stationary bike, just, you know, doing this. And I have the mask like this. And you know I'm not a happy camper, okay? You know I'm not happy. I'm just like, I'm not already, I'm just not happy. Let's just put it that way. And then one of the managers comes up to me and does, you know, does that motion. And I'm like, really? This is what we've come down to. I I could have been caught on camera as the new Karen of my gym, whatever they're calling us now. But um, 
I just said, really, is this what we're doing now? I have nothing that you can wear a mask, you can do whatever. I'm just like, do, do we really need to do this? No one is in this gym. I mean, it's like one person was way over there. I, I go to a gym where a lot of people don't go. It's kind of empty most of the time. And I'm just like, really, are we going to do this? And, and he's like, yep, we're going to do it. And I'm like, and then you don't let me, and then it just all came out. You know? And I'm like, you don't let me rock climb. You don't let me take my kids swimming and all of this. I'm done with this. So then I had to come back and repent and tell him I was sorry, and then um, now I'm riding my bike, okay, and it's going to get cold out there riding my bike, but I got the gear. I've done it before, and, and here's, here's what I would say. This is what I would say. Aren't you glad, though, that there's a place of freedom in this church? Now, you may be free to die, but aren't you happy you're free? Amen. Okay. Now, here's the thing. I don't think we're going to die, but you're free to come here and get COVID and die, I guess, if you want. That's what they say about us. But here's the thing. You're free here. Even if you don't agree with the COVID thing and what we're doing as a church, aren't you happy there's a place you're free? Because just what if, just what if, because I know those of us, uh, you know, who are here, we're crazy, right? And everybody wearing the mask for, you know, you can wear a mask here, we don't mind, but just hear, hear me for a minute. Everyone wearing the mask is so much smarter than us, right? That's, that's the mentality. Well, they would never fall for communism, right? They would never uh, start protesting on the street socialism and tearing down their own city, would they? Would there any, be anybody like that? Yeah, of course, we saw that. Not everybody wears a mask is like that, but what I'm saying is, why was it when we were at our most locked down state, the, the people who had ill intentions for our country took to the street and did what they did. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm just telling you what happened. We were outside of, uh, we were inside, and they went outside. Does everybody remember those days? Does everybody remember the days when our city was on fire? Do you remember when they were throwing garbage cans on Michigan Avenue? Okay. Okay, but now just watch this. I'm not saying two wrongs make a right, but I'm saying, wouldn't you like to go to church that time? I mean, how many came to church during the time when the city was on fire? You, you still came to church. Aren't you happy that People who think they're smarter than us, who don't have a place to be free and gather, how many know that, th that, that they're not really as smart as they think they are, but they may pay a penalty for that? My penalty, my, my, my downside is I may get COVID. My kids may get COVID. We may have to deal with that. We may get hit on a car, on a car ride over here. I'm willing to live with that. I'm, are you willing to live with that? Because when they interview me and they ask me all these questions, they think you guys are Oompa Loompas and you're following me, the cult leader. And by the way, I do have Kool-Aid for you guys. I do have a little Kool-Aid today. It's Kool-Aid. We're going to all meet Jesus. He's coming. Okay, listen, there is there, Jesus has come on a spaceship, and it's right behind the moon. You can't see it. And then we drink the Kool-Aid, and then we get, a, we get a ticket. We get a ticket there. No, listen, they think we're crazy. But, here, but here's my thing. At least I'm free. At least I'm free. And at least there's a place for you to come because if they run back out to the streets because it seems like it goes COVID, riot, COVID, riot. If we're now going COVID lockdown again, and then the rioters are just prepping for empty streets to be theirs, I'm not, I don't know what's happening. I'm not a prophet in that way. I'm just saying to you guys, aren't you glad you feel safe? Once again, I, I can't promise you you won't get a cold, a flu, or COVID, or any of that, but I can just promise you this. If you die, you can go to heaven if you know Jesus. Amen? No, no. Whether you get it or not, that's up to you if you want to let us know and let the people around you sitting get to know their names and numbers. And every week, you can let people know whether or not you have it. We have gone well through the people who have had it in the church. We don't want them coming here breathing their hot Cheeto COVID breath on us. If you get it, you get it. If 10 of us get it, uh, ten, if 100 of us get it, here's the deal. Somebody will still be here that doesn't have it and will be preaching, okay? Okay. <laughs> 
And, and my old thing is this. is If we're about ready to go to the walking dead apocalyptic thing, at least most of us will be, you know, we, we will be good with COVID. We would have already had it 20 times, I guess, you know. Now my wife thinks she has it every other week in all of this, you know. And it's, you know, whatever. It's a little bit worse than the flu for older people, and it's, it's not so bad for the younger people and those in the middle if you don't have a, a, an issue with, a, you know, comorbidity, you know, a morbidity, comorbidity. How do you say that word? Comorbidity? Did I say it somewhat right the first time? Thank you. And if you don't have that, you're probably okay, but you don't know if you don't have that if, you're, if there's some secret stuff going on inside of you. Also, if you haven't had peanuts yet, you don't know if you're going to die from having peanuts. And there's, there's stories like that. Seriously, there's a, there was a grown adult that almost died. It was on my Facebook feed. It was like two days ago. They did not know they were allergic to peanuts or it just happened later on in life. And they fell down, boom, in front of a lot of people after eating a Snickers bar or something. And, you know, praise God that someone was there to revive them. But how many know you can die from eating a peanut? Okay, I mean, it's, it's, it's some real stuff going on in this world, and so I'm glad that we're here and that we're all ready for what God has next for us because we're not going to run away from it. And back to my friends, I don't know what, what they think they're avoiding by all of this because if you listen to, to John Hopkins and to the different places, even with, depending on how fast they come out with the, uh, the vaccine, we're all probably getting COVID. And I don't know about you, but I'm not feeling a vaccine right now, so I'm getting it one way or the other, you know, because after all that we've gone through, I don't know many people that are like, I'm ready to have you stick something inside of me right now. I'm saying even if you're like the most trusting person there is, there's just something inside of most people right now, like right now they're saying, I don't want that thing, you know, let my neighbor who, you know, let my neighbor get it first. Let's watch them. Let's watch their kids get it first, and then we'll be cool. But here's the whole point. How many know we have flu vaccines right now? How many know people still get the flu? What's going on with that? Flu vaccine, 40 to 60% success rate, right? It's good. It's, 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 I'm not saying it's terrible, and I'm not saying if you get a COVID vaccine that you don't have faith any more than a child getting a flu vaccine, whatever. But I'm just saying if we're waiting, literally, if in our mind as a country or as a state or whatever, if we are waiting for 100% of this population to get a vaccine before they say this is, this is uh, going to happen here, that will be a cold day in hell before that happens. 100% of your population, of your city, is not getting a vaccine. So you and I have to now deal with a few things. We may die and go meet Jesus. How many are ready to die and meet Jesus? How many want to die right now and meet him? I don't want to die right now and meet him, but how many know you're ready to meet him? Okay, I'm ready to meet him, but I don't want to meet him right now. In that way, I want to spend time with him and my family and all of these ways. Uh, the second thing is you, everybody, you've got to do what's best for you. Some have masks, some have social distance. You can social distance yourself however you want in this church. You are more than welcome to do that. We don't even make it a big deal, honestly. And, and we appreciate those who come and live with their different proclivities, okay? But I just want to let you know one more time, as all the churches are announcing they're going back online, I'm just announcing to you we're staying on the front lines, amen? We're staying right here, amen? And we'll be out preaching this week the gospel. And we'll do that until they don't allow us to do that and they arrest us and then we'll do it secretly. But we won't stop meeting and having church. Amen. 
And I just, I was so like, uh, in my mind, I was so hopeful that some of my friends were going to stand up this time because, you know, they're telling them to go back online. And they are doing it to the, to the T, man. I'm talking like they have these monster facilities and they probably have this, this side just right here in a 500-seat sanctuary. You know, they have like 50 people in there. And they, they, they spray you down when you come in. You know, they give you the, the, the heat test and make sure you don't have a fever. They do that. They do it. And then they said, man, we're going back online. And I, I looked at some of their comments, and I could tell they had been deleting some. Let me just say it like that. Because the ones that they left up were just all like, praise the Lord. And then somebody would be like, why are you closing church? And then you could tell, like, they went real quick there to kind of do it. But I, I could just tell, like, they were probably deleting some of the other ones. But, but here's the thing. If we let them tell us when to open and close, open and close, what are they going to tell us to do next? You know, and that's what they want. They want this control. When I say they, government, people, people who don't care about you in the, in the big picture. They, they care about controlling you in the little picture, but they don't care about you right now. They don't, they don't see you the way that the church would see you. Now, once again, I'll marry, bury, and baptize you, so I see you in a lot of different ways, but I'm not using you. If you didn't show up, I would still be here. Did anybody feel make, made to come? No, and here's the problem. When you're made to do things like that, it becomes sticky real fast. And sometimes people say, well, what about a seatbelt? What about, you know, some of those things? And, that, and those lines, like I said, those lines that get drawn get, get blurred real fast. I just don't want anybody in charge of opening and closing this church except Jesus. Amen? And so I'll just say this in closing to my first talk. We have another one coming up, amen, and then I'm going to preach, all right? There's two talks, and then there's a sermon. Are you guys ready for that today? Amen. This, this is what I think. You don't have to come to church. I do. I'll see you when you come. If you don't come, I'll see you online. Does everybody get that? So we're not here to put condemnation on anybody. We do have people in our church that are still online. They, they have been online since day one, and they have heard our preaching, and they know that we love them, and we're not here to provoke them to do something that is against their conscience. In our Bible, it says it's not even right to go to the Chinese buffet and eat that food if they have a Buddha in the window. Did you ever see a buffet that had the Buddha in the window and all that? That's part of their false god, and the Bible says not even to do that if if it causes your brother to stumble. So if, if I'm going out with you and we're going to Wutong's, whatever Chinese place, I just made up a name. Where's that place? Where did everything came from? Where did this COVID stuff come? Wuhan. So we're going to Wuhan Chinese buffet. If when we're going to Wuhan Chinese buffet, you see the Buddha and you go, who, Satanas, I'm not eating here, pastor. They got the Buddha right here. And I'm like, but I like these egg rolls. Pastor. We are not eating here. They got the Buddha right there. I'm like, okay, all right. We're not, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Everybody say he's okay. Honestly, I'm not here to make you feel bad if you don't want to do that. I'm just going to go there next time without you, right? You don't have to come. You don't, you do not have to come to this. I want to make sure everybody hears that loud and clear. There is no Kool-Aid. Nobody's being brainwashed. Nobody's forcing you to sit down. Nobody's telling you you have to take off a mask. You can do whatever God has blessed you to do. And we're going to do what God called us to do. And then maybe there's another thing. And then if somebody says about the children, the children are fine. The entire nation only children that have passed, you know, sad, are those with very serious uh, preconditions. But the children have been absolutely fine. As a matter of fact, my son had a little bronchitis, and, and, and that wasn't COVID. How many know there's still stuff out there that's not called COVID? 
So he went to the hospital, and my wife was just so just amazed at how nonchalant they were. They weren't like COVID freaking out, thinking he already did have COVID. They gave him the test, did the thing, and they said, even if he did, the children have a remarkable recovery rate. Yes, there's a side issue, Kawasaki. There's a thing that can happen with an over, um, overactive immune system towards the lungs, but it's so, so rare, okay? So our children are fine, and even if, like I said, even if we had the bubonic plague, and children were dying, like real deal. How many know that that happened in our nation? I'm still coming to church, okay? I may not come with my children because I'm scared that they may get it and die, but I'm going to come until I'm afraid that I'm going to die, okay? And then if I feel like I'm going to die, then I'm not going to come, amen? And then if Charlie says, hey, man, I'm not afraid I'm going to die, I mean, that's how, that's how you move forward, okay? So it's, it's, it's being wise, it's washing your hands, it's taking care of yourself, it's deciding what's best for you and for your family. You know, Thanksgiving, if you had a senior saint, you know, in your house, you may not want them to come over to Thanksgiving. That may be their ticket home, okay? And I've had to pray for people for that. Seriously, I've met old people at the altars. Pastor, I'm ready to meet Jesus. Pray for me. Okay, well, come to my house for COVID. I mean, COVID Thanksgiving. Somebody find that online. They will love that. Put that on the news. Come to my house for Thanksgiving slash COVID, Grandma, and you'll be, you'll be meeting Jesus next week then. But here's the thing. Grandmas mostly meet Jesus because of things like that. That, that's how grandmas and grandpas go to meet Jesus. How many know they just don't close their eyes and go to sleep and never wake up? How many know there's something on the inside of them that happens? If you look at uh, what, what causes old people to pass away, it's generally things that have to do with their immune systems. You know, if it's not cancer or heart disease, if you're just talking about the typical, you know, somebody didn't wake up, why did they die, what were they dealing with? They're dealing with some type of a, a virus, some type of an illness, maybe like, you know, something like pneumonia, and they just can't deal with it anymore. Their body's just shutting down and just can't fight it no more. You and I fight viruses all the time. We go through this as a natural process. I agree with the doctors that disagree with Dr. Fauci. So whenever you want to know who I agree with, think of the opposite of Dr. Fauci, okay? So opposite of him. Op the doctors who are opposite of him, that's where I'm at. The great Barrington Declaration, doctors from all over the world going, hey, we've had enough of this. We, we didn't understand it like we did before. Now we understand it. This is the way to go forward. We need the majority of the population to have at least a, a, an experience with it so that we can build up the herd immunity. The, the vaccine will help, but we need to treat it now. Not that it is just a flu, but we need to treat it like a flu, lest we have all of these uh, psychological, mental health issues, lest we keep uh, you know, shutting down the hospitals for the secondary procedures so how many know that's happened again here in Chicago? They've closed down those things. And uh, pray that I can get LASIK. How many want to see me get LASIK? No more glasses. Do you guys want a sneak peek of what this will be? This will be me with LASIK. I know I'm not as attractive. I said to my wife, my eyes get really close together when I take off my glasses. It's like, it's like, how did my eyes get to be like, one's right here, one is right here. That's what I feel. And then this beautiful Polish nose. So pray for me. Pray that I can get LASIK. But no, seriously, people have to go to the doctor. They have to get their kidney treatment. They have to do dialysis. They have to go get their diabetic treatment and medication and all that. And that needs to keep happening. We have a sister, Lauren, we got to keep her in prayer. She has to have heart surgery. It's not open heart surgery. It's going to go through the, uh, the veins and stuff. But that needs to happen. Amen? And we need a culture that has jobs and we need to have schools and we need to have a society. How many believe that? 
So I think we should listen to those doctors. Are you ready for your second talk? Amen. Turn on the notes here for me, please. I'm going to talk about the attitude of gratitude. Before I preach it, I want to give some history. Because right now, I cannot even talk about Thanksgiving without being called a racist who supported the pilgrims raping and pillaging Pocahontas and her peaceful village. How many feel like you're in this place too? Like, do I say I celebrate 4th of July? Do I say that I celebrate Thanksgiving? Am I, am I a part of the genocide of the Native Americans? Well, first of all, let me just say this. This idea of exposing what happened with the pilgrims is really a lot of sensationalism. If you're going to be obsessed with it, that's okay. But listen to me. I'm more concerned with Pookie on the corner than I am with Pocahontas from 1800 or 1600. Are you listening? I'm more concerned. I'm going to say this again. Tweet it because I'm not ashamed of it. I am more, can you write it down right here? I am more concerned with, with, with Pookie in the hood than I am with Pocahontas from the 1600s. People are like obsessed with Pocahontas. What did you know the pilgrims did this and they did this? And when you have Thanksgiving, you are supporting the rape and pillaging of Pocahontas. First of all, listen to me. I don't know whoever got confused in the, the memo. If they owned slaves, if they raped people, they are in hell. I don't care if they called themselves the Pope, a Christian, a Methodist, a Presbyterian. Whoever was slave trading and raping people for sure is in hell. Can we all agree with them? So that is, that is no more Christianity than mumble rap is hip-hop. Are you listening to me? That is, that is no more, that is no more uh, you know, the truth than Taco Bell is Mexican food. Okay? Well, they called themselves a Christian. I've called myself a lot of things, and it doesn't make it true. I've called myself handsome. I've, saw, I've thought that I'm in shape. You know? That doesn't mean it's true. I don't care if they called themselves Christians. If they were not acting like Christ, they were not Christians, number one. Number two, what do you think was happening before the pilgrims came? Do you think Native Americans were just smoking peace pipes, hanging out with each other? They were doing their crazy stuff upon their own people. The Aztecs and Mayans were on their way up here to conquer them. The Cherokees were not the friend of the other tribes. Are you guys listening to me? As a matter of fact, both with the conquistadors and the pilgrims, some of the Native Americans and indigenous people, when they saw them, they said, Thank you, Jesus. Can you help us? And they joined with them to fight the other people. They said, man, these guys are crazy. You crazy too, and I'm getting sick around you, and I don't know why, but I, I feel like we need to kill them, you know, because you don't know what they've been doing to us before you got here. You know, like now we go like the Mayans, and, you know, you take these trips, you see their, their beautiful facilities, and I've told you guys this so many times. Just laugh if you've heard it before, okay? Just, just pretend it's still new to you. I got visitors, right? This is part of the show here. No, but listen, you go to the places in Central and South America, and they show you the pyramid. Oh, isn't this awesome? And here's Maria. Maria's from this place, and she's an indigenous Mayan. And there's Maria, you know, sewing her little thing together. Dude, they don't tell you why there's stains, like dark stains at the top of that pyramid. Because Maria's people would go to the other people around the village, bring them up to the top there, rip out their heart in the name of their God. 
Now, God bless Maria, just like, but I'm just telling you the truth. If, if Maria can't do her little thing for her indigenous people without being called out about what the Mayans did, then leave alone, you know, leave alone the pilgrims. You know, the child dresses up as a pilgrim, and they're like, you, you were doing this, the Pocahontas, God, you know, God's going to judge you, this, this, and this. Okay, if that's what we're going to do, the next time I go to Mount Pichu, Mount Pichu, that's what I'm going to do. You're going to hell, Maria. Maria, your people did this. You know what you did. How many know that's just phony baloney? It's just them picking and choosing. Do you ever hear them talk about Shaku Zulu? Shaku Zulu in South Africa, just a few years before the Civil War, was taking over his own people, practicing cannibalism, just, you know, desecrating the place, doing whatever in the world he wanted to do. And yet white people decided to fight and kill other white people so that slaves could get free. And yet now we're being told we're one of the most racist nations on the earth. Now listen to me. My people did not own any slaves, okay? My people come from Poland and Italy. The Polish people were basically being the, 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 the butt of every joke in Europe and getting whooped all over the place, hence the reason my people leaving the Polish land. They're like, we're done with this. Seriously, like World War I, they came out in horses to face the German tanks or something. And it's crazy that that even happened. But that did happen. Read about it. And then the Italian people, my people, became fascists. And I, both of my grand, great-grandparents came here to escape that. So come on, y'all. Let's just be honest here. Why are we so upset about pilgrims and a, and a, and a meal? But you know what? I think that's being overblown because you know what? That's not even why we have Thanksgiving. Did you know that? We don't even have Thanksgiving because of the Native Americans eating a meal and celebrating their victories or whatever they were doing with, with you know, the pilgrims and the Native Americans. That's not why we have it. And this is not even like controversial. Just go to Wikipedia and look it up because you can trust Wikipedia, right? Just go to Wikipedia and it will just tell you, here's what happened. Most of the people here wanted to give thanks a certain time of the year. Whether or not they were living for Jesus or not, that's between them and God. I can tell you if they uh, obeyed God, you know, give me some examples of what you think is, you know, you don't like about them. I'll probably say they went to hell, uh, but that's not everyone. Because how many know we live in a time of abortion, but not everybody here is committing abortion? So how many know, let's just pause here for a second. How many know if somebody looks back on this time and goes, oh my gosh, you lived in a time when mothers would kill children? What in the world were you guys thinking? What would we say back to that? I wasn't, in, I wasn't wasn't cool with that, right? We would say I wasn't cool with that. Just like during the slave time, there was always abolitionists, people working with like, like Harriet Tubman, you know, uh, people on the Underground Railroad going, man, we're not cool with this. But anyways, pilgrims, they're hanging out. Most of them were Christian by religion. And so what was good for them was to thank God when good things were happening around them. There then came a time around the Civil War that a woman, God bless her, who was a Christian feminist wanting Christian rights for women and to see women excel in their way of living, even though she didn't feel they had to vote. She's a unique woman. She thought they could influence, the women could influence their husbands to vote the way they wanted to. You can read about her. That's what I did today. Come on, I'm studying. You guys listening to me? She then wrote the president and said, President, there's all these days where the different states, they have, you know, times of thanksgiving and prayer and different churches and denominations. Why don't we come together and have one as a nation? So President Lincoln, 
who had already acknowledged that it was good to thank God for what he had did for us in this nation made one day to be the day we could all thank God. This is the proclamation. Are you ready for it? It's the talk. It's the second talk before the sermon. Are you still with me? Okay, here we go. The year that is drawing towards its close has been filled with the blessings of fruitful lands and healthy or healthful skies. Isn't that amazing? He's saying the year's coming to a close. We've had fruitful fields and good skies. To these bounties, which are so consistently enjoyed that we are prone to forget the source from which they come, others have been added which are of so extraordinary a nature that they cannot fail to penetrate and soften even the heart which is habitually insensible to the ever-watchful providence of Almighty God. He's preaching better than most pastors on Sunday, isn't he? He said, we have had such good times on this land with these skies, and it's so extraordinary that even the hardest of hearts is touched by what God has done for them. In other words, you could be an atheist, hate God, but you sit down to eat that corn that has come from the land. You eat that steak from the cow that reproduces after its kind. You enjoy the water and the drink from the land. You have to sit back and go, this is good. Even if you didn't believe in God, that's what he's saying. Even to the impenetrable, even to those who are habitually, habitually insensible, they have to give acknowledgement that God has been good. Let's keep going. In the midst of a civil war of unequaled magnitude and severity, which has sometimes seemed to foreign states to invite and to provoke their aggression, peace has been preserved with all nations, order has been maintained, the laws have been respected and obeyed, and harmony has prevailed everywhere except in the threat, or the theater rather, of military conflict, while that theater has been greatly contracted by the advancing armies and navies of the Union. He goes, you know what? We're pretty much at peace on the earth with all the other nations, except with our own nation that we're having to fight. But guys, we're advancing. How many are happy for the Civil War that it happened? How many wish there would have been another solution to it, but are glad that it happened? And so in the middle of a Civil War, he unashamedly is telling the people, we have got to take time out for God. Next uh, section. Needful derisions of wealth and of strength from the fields of peaceful industry to the national defense have not arrested the plow, the shuttle, or the ship. The axe has enlarged the borders of our settlements and the mines as well of iron and coal as of the precious metals have yielded even more abundantly than than heretofore. What does he say right here? Business is good. The land is still producing fruit. How many know during COVID time, it's good to go outside and walk and see that the leaves still change, that the flowers still grow when it was summer, that they still harvested things off the ground, that you can still get coal, you can still get iron, you can still get gold. How many believe that's good? Population has steadily increased. How many know there's going to be a lot of COVID babies coming out of this season? Let's get it on. Come on, that's been happening. In marriage, by God's grace, two coming together, right? Population has steadily increased, notwithstanding the waste that has been made in the camp, the siege and the battlefield in the country, rejoicing in the consciousness of augmented strength and vigor, is permitted to accept continuance of years, which large increases of freedom. How many are happy you're free today? 
Children are being born. Freedom is being had. How many of that's still happening in this land today? As many issues as we may have with the United States of America, we still have much to be thankful for. Look at it. This is what he said. Preaching better than most preachers today on Sunday. No, highlight this please, sir. No human counsel hath devised nor any mortal hand worked out these great things. Babies are being made. Food is being eaten. Good things are happening in the land. We're taking on more of the wilderness and making it into our cities. We are having strength and vigor to win the war against those who are trying to take away the freedom of others. And he stops right here and he goes, this has not come by mortal hand. I wonder if Bill Gates can say that today. Or if Bill Gates looks at what he built and says, look what I've done. I wonder if Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook can say that today. This has not come about by mere human hands. See, this is the humility that we need to have during such times of conflict. They are. What is they? All of the things he just listed. Highlight this, please, good sir. They are the gracious gifts of the Most High God who while dealing with us in anger for our sins has nevertheless remembered mercy. Think about that. I would love to see President Trump uh, do a talk like this. Talk about sins and how God's anger is right and just against us. How did he see the Civil War as a part of God's anger? That we now had to kill and murder, or not murder rather, but had to kill those who were murdering the innocent lives of the slaves. That it came down to that. That it was a form of God's judgment. But yet God was not just dealing with us in anger. He was still being merciful to us. How many believe God is still merciful? It has seemed good to me, it seemed fit and proper, that they should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged as with one heart and one voice by the whole American people. We should stop and say these things have come from God. Let's keep going and close in here. I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. Pritzker, I'm listening to Abraham Lincoln. If you don't, once again, if they don't want to come and, and do this with me, that's fine. But I'm having a Thanksgiving dinner to honor my Father in heaven who has done this for me. This can be no other God except the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Muslims do not have a God as Father. This is not the God of Islam. And pagan deities have multiple deities slash fathers. This is the one God who is a father and who has been a father to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob who sent his only begotten son. Come on, somebody. This is the one that he is thanking there. And so God forbid that we now mock this time and disrespect what this was meant to be. This was not meant to be a time where we lift up our nose and try to put down what our forefathers have given to us. That is good. Like I said, if I want to teach Maria about the sins of Machu Picchu, I don't do it on the family tour. Do you understand? I don't do it on Indigenous Day. I have done it a few times, but not anymore. Last time I did it. won't do it anymore. Only reason why I do it now is because they make fun of ours day, so I go back to the indigenous days and show the, the heart sacrifice and things like that. You know? But how many know we can move past it? But my point is this. 
Why are they bringing it up right now? Well, think about this. Think about that. Well, why not think about Shaka Zulu? Why not think about the atrocities of the caste system that still exist in India? Why not think about all the atrocities going on in the Muslim countries that are trafficking the Filipinos and those from Indonesia and various places in Dubai? Why not think about the African slave trade that exists in Libya? Why are we so uh, fixated on this? It's because they, people who do not like our God, do not like our Father, want us to tear up our roots, to stop acknowledging our God and stop acknowledging the good that he's done for us so they can replace it with something else their God their way of doing things why you guys read a book and you think that's where everything comes from what do you read then do you not read books well that's a book written by men math books are written by men do you read those these are books written by people who met God well I don't believe it I don't I don't care what you believe if to you I'm reading Cat in the Hat, then let me be, because I'm doing better than what you have done with your psychologist, psychiatrist, for, you know, your college degrees, two STDs. We're doing better than y'all. We're doing, if this is Cat in the Hat and it's wrong, I don't want to be right. Because according to most of them, they came from the goo through the zoo to you anyways. Why do we care what monkeys with evolved thumbs do? Right? I, next time I talk to somebody with a dog getting upset about abortion, I want to ask them, then, well, let's abort your dog right now and see how it feels. Hello? Let's abort your dog. Let's abort this thing and see what it does to your common human dignity and sense. But the fool has said in their heart, there is no God. And they run into absolute absurdity. And I've said it before, but it's good to bear right here talking about our beneficent father. Well, I don't believe in God. I believe in science. What do we tell them? We believe in science because we believe in God. I don't believe. I don't believe. I don't believe. Okay, well, what do you believe in? Oh, and then they want to get so deep, you know, out of their seventh grade, you know, science class, out of their, you know, physics 101. Okay, what do you believe? Well, I believe a long time ago, far, far away, nothing exploded, and there was a big bang, and here we all are. Okay, what do we say back to that? What banged and who banged it? And then that's when they get all deep and philosophical. Oh, it was nothing, man. Oh, nothing. It was just a lot of nothing, acting on nothing. And then it exploded, man. It made all of us beautiful. And You know, you, you look at the cosmos. This is Neil deGrasse Tyson. He's just nothing exploded, and it made everything out here so beautiful. Well, I've never seen nothing explode, but I can see what will happen if we explode your car right now. Let's try that. Let's explode your house. Let's, ex let's, let's apply a lot of force and energy to your house and see if it looks beautiful like the cosmos. Does something beautiful come out of an explosion from your car? No. So what do we have to remind them? Hello, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now go figure out the rest. Now go figure out the rest. That's why, that's why, and I can't say midget, but I said it, so I'm already in trouble. But little people standing on the shoulders of giants, standing on the shoulders of giants. All the scientists today stand on the shoulders of the great scientists of the past who talked more about God than many of them talked about science, like Sir Isaac Newton. Why? Because they understood in the beginning God made something. It must be in order, and if I'm made in God's image, I must be able to decipher that order through mathematics, through experimentation. My God will explain things to me. 
It's the, it's the book of nature. So they run us into absurdity with where did we even come from then? If you don't acknowledge God as your father because you're so much smarter than us Christian, well, then tell me where you came from. I came from nothing. Okay, then why are we talking then? Why are we t- if you are just chemicals in your brain, then why, why do you care? Why are we talking? Because you're more than just chemicals, aren't you? You're a soul that uses the body of chemicals. We are like a pianist, a piano player, looking at this instrument, and we're using it. There's somebody on the inside of you that is using the body, the instrument, to live and breathe. And you better give God thanks for it. Amen? Let's get to the sermon. That's why we have Thanksgiving. So if you want to have it, have it. If you don't want to have it, I'm still going to have it. Send your leftovers our way, okay? Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. Everybody say the attitude of gratitude. A little sassy this morning, but I can't help it. I've been holding it all in. I've listened to the mayor talk, the governor talk. I've listened to so many Christians try to discourage us, and I want to be thankful. I want to have an opportunity to celebrate the freedoms and the blessings of God. And I hope that you do too in a way that is good for you and your family. Now, what is the benefit of being a thankful person? The Bible teaches us, Philippians 4, 4 through 9, rejoice in the Lord always. How often? Always. I will say it again, rejoice. We need to get back to those children's songs. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. What, what? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. There you go. And again, I say rejoice. I don't know what I'm doing. Just prancing up here. I've never been so offended at a service, but yet it was funny at times. That's what the visitors write on our Google with 3.4 rating. Help get it up, right? Here we go. That's what we're going to do. We're going to rejoice. Rejoice when? Always. Rejoice when bad things happen. I've been to a funeral before while they were rejoicing. Have you ever been to one of those? It's okay to mourn. It's okay to be sad. But have you seen joy come? While people have been in sorrow because they recognize the one that's there is now in the presence of the Lord. Their body is there, but their soul is in the presence of the Lord. We rejoice even in the midst of pandemics. According to my Bible, they'll get worse. According to my Bible, more travesties will happen in our nation. People will turn against each other, ethnos against ethnos, nation against nation, it will get worse. The Bible says that false Christs and prophets will arise. We already see the Pope not being Catholic. How many know that used to be a joke? Well, is the Pope Catholic? No, he's not. Not our Pope. He definitely is not Catholic. He's somewhere a mixture between um, Deepak Chopra and uh, Rob Bell and Oprah. That's what he's, but he's not Catholic. You, you, you have right now literally Catholics going, we don't even accept him. They, uh, there, there is an entire movement in the Catholic Church going, this man is not even a Pope. I'm being honest with you. We're in end times right now. The, the Pope is not even Catholic. The Bible says that perversity and perversion will abound. It will abound. And we're now in that time where it's abounding. I was watching a show. It's a little embarrassing to say, but I get them to come up every now and then from TikTok. And it was, uh, it was a little scandal going on with this famous TikTok artist that said she wished she had 100 million subscribers. Is it, see, I'm looking at you. You're helping me here, Charlie. Older people are like, why does he talk like this? Because I want young people in church, okay? We'll talk about Larry King next, okay? We'll get to Larry King next or somebody old, okay? I know I'm not a spring chicken up here either, but I'm watching this. And, and, and the whole entire thing is this. This is the whole entire thing. There's a girl who went from a million 
to almost 100 million followers on TikTok for doing their little dances that I'm trying to keep my kids sanctified and not doing, but only parts of them. You know, we'll work on that. You got to help me with what's sanctified and what's not because I don't want them ratchet. I want them righteous, okay? Hey, I want them righteous, not ratchet. Can I get an amen? Well, I used to be ratchet, but now he made me righteous. I was so going to put that under your post. You got to check out Michelle Lay. If you're not following her, she's got a, some good testimonies there. She's one of the ones that got baptized. But here, here's the thing. I'm watching this. And here was the whole thing. She went from a million to 100 million or close to it, but she was upset because she wasn't quite at 100 million followers. And then they put her on blast. And then people start writing her like, uh, man, you should commit suicide. Hang yourself. I mean, it's devastating. The sin of this world is devastating. So, of course, I got to now watch the show that this thing happened in. So I'm like, I'm captivated by it. So it's like dinner with the, the last name, the Caprios or D'Amelios. What's her last name? D'Amelio. Dinner with the D'Amelios, it happens, right? But here's the thing. A flamboyant young man comes out with pedicured nails out to here, earrings, lipstick on and everything. And this is the dude that's the hero of the show because he's upset with her pride about not having the 100 million. He's like, what's 95 not good enough for you? Like this and that. And I'm like, let's just hold on here for a minute. Dude is wearing three-inch acrylic nails. He makes boy George look masculine. And the, and the story here, the, the story is about her? I'm like, how is this not the story? How is this not the story? I want to talk about this dude. Why is this dude dressing like this? Why is this normal? Why is this? I love him, but I love him enough to tell him the truth that that's not right. God did not make him to strut around like an effeminate peacock. God made him to be a man, to have a, a wife, to have children, to be a husband. Are you guys listening to me? And then people say, well, you're going to turn off the community. We have so many bisexual, homosexual, lesbian people saved. They might be sitting next to one right now. This is just the truth. But anyways, I'm looking at the culture, and I say, God, we need your help. But I have to rejoice in God even in the midst of perversion. I don't want my children to suffer. I don't want them to be deceived. I don't want us to get sick. I don't want our government to take away our freedoms. But we have to rejoice in the Lord because our joy doesn't come from these things. You go to TikTok for joy. This, I mean, I'm being honest. It broke my heart for that girl. That girl went to TikTok for joy, and now they're telling her to commit suicide. It doesn't matter what you have achieved in this world. People will turn on you. And even if you're wrong, and I think she was wrong, but, man, I have children. Dear God, my, if you saw what my kids talk like at the dinner table, man, let me just say this. Pray for me and my family. No, I'm kidding. I have a kid. But my kids are goofy like that. I don't even see that she did anything wrong. Maybe a little prideful, but she's a teenage girl. And yet, this is the world we live in. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. I had to repent this week for not being gentle. How many need to pray for God to make you gentle? I know so many are like my wife. She's nice, Nancy. Nancy, where are you at back there? Yeah, fancy Nancy, nice Nancy. We may not all be born with the sensitivity and the gentleness of my wife. No, I'm kidding. I get to see the real side. See, some of you think my wife is like the total opposite of me. Like, come on, we got the Greek mama here, Tekanes. We'll talk, we'll talk the truth. Some of you think I'm way over here, and then Nancy's way over here in the sound of music. 
No, 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 no. You don't know a Greek woman then. You haven't, you haven't, been, you haven't been homeschooled by her. She is like a nun. You ever seen those movies with the nuns? I'm talking, you don't mess around right there. She'll put them in order. But we all got to be gentle, don't we? How many parents during homeschooling right now need to be gentle? Dear Lord, help me. I don't want to send them to heaven to meet you yet, Jesus. But if I have to tell them one more time to stop eating at the table while I'm teaching them this lesson, you know? My wife has to tell them, man, this is when the kitchen is open. This is when it's closed. You, can't, you just can't come in here bothering me all the time, you know? But watch this. Do not be anxious about anything. How many have had some anxiety during this time? I mean, it's, it's a time of anxiety. But what is the solution to it? But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, with what? Thanksgiving, present your requests to, to God. This is what keeps us from having greed when we're reaching out for our need. If I come to God with a greed, I won't keep it very long if I start praising and thanking him. But if I have a genuine need, then I can bring it to him while I'm being thankful. Why should I ask God to give me one other thing if I'm not thankful for the hundred other things he's already given me? Okay, parents, here you go. I'm setting you free for Christmas. Every parent want to be set free for Christmas? Here you go. You give them one card. You give them one card, one card only. You put it right under the Christmas tree. They open it up, and then it says, Merry Christmas. You will have electricity, water, food, bed, clothes, air conditioning sometimes, heat, and trips back and forth to the store, to the school, Merry Christmas once again. And that's it. That's their Christmas gift. There you go. Merry Christmas. God, tell them, don't you? Hey, what are we thankful for here? Are we thankful for more Xboxes, more Playstations? I know they're coming out, the new ones. What are we thankful for? More, more, more. You know what COVID, I think, taught us is that we can live with less. Why are we the most anxious we've ever been? Everybody think about this. And everybody knows the quick answer. The quick answer is technology, industrial we live in the cities now. We're not agrarian. Is that right, agrarian, when you live off the land? Yeah. Agrarian, right? Thank you. We don't live off the land like we used to. Okay, I get it. But why is technology and urban living so detrimental to us? What does it bring out of us that has such devastating consequences? Selfishness. That's why we're more anxious. Everybody think about it. What causes anxiety in you? Well, I'm worried about how I'm going to pay my bills. What are your bills? Cable, right? What are your bills? The new car you just got. What are your bills? The credit card, right? I'm not saying there's not good times to be concerned, but think about what we're worried about. Think about what we're thinking about right now. We're thinking about a lot of the things that have entangled us. Got my phone bill. How many know you can live without a phone? How many know you can take a, uh, a bus to work, right? You don't need that car, in, in other words. How many know we can live a lot smaller than how we're living now? My parent, uh, my, my dad grew up with his mom and dad and his three other siblings, total of four kids, six people, and what would be like one of those small bungalows. That's how they lived. I'm not going to tell you how I live with my family, but it's a lot more square feet than that. How many know I'm already spoiled and I don't know it when I complain about seeing my kids too much in my house? My grandpa had to share a bathroom with everybody. How many know that's a problem if you have, like, proclivities like me? I'm being honest with you. As a parent, I'm so glad I have a basement. Goodbye, guys. I know nobody's laughing, but on the inside, some moms are getting free. Some of you, you're going to be at my house. You're going to be like, oh, Lord, I see where the ties go. Oh, Jesus. I see now. 
I see how pastor lives. I know, but then you're going to be happy because you're going to be like, if God did it for him, he'll do it for me. We got a main floor, an upstairs, a basement, a backyard with a park in the back. Why? So I can have my space. You talk to Yaya right here. Talk to Greek grandma. Where am I most of the time when she comes over? Tucked in my room, on my lazy boy, top floor, everybody else down here. People had to grow up with a whole lot of people in their house, didn't they? We're anxious now. People are in our space. People, you know, step on our toes and this, this, and that. You know, people, people cut us off in traffic, and we get so upset, you know, some customer doesn't treat us with respect, and then what, what happens? We get, we get hyperventilated. We get all upset. My kids act like kids, and we have to take ownership. I'm not saying that every mental anguish is a thing that we can turn on and turn off. I do believe in mental, th- you know, help for those that have a mental uh, health issues and for therapy and things like that. But I can save you a lot of trips to the therapist right now by in your life, live less selfish. And when you and I feel anxious, bring a prayer to the Lord that comes with praise at the beginning. Oh, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. I know I got to talk about this situation, but I've got to hallow the name of the Lord. Hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come. That's going to last a lot longer than the car I got in the garage and the bills I got to pay and the clothes I got to put on those kids that grow out of them every two weeks. They're shopping now at the secondhand store. Jesus, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, Jesus, give us some bread because we're hungry. Give us communal prayer. Everybody get that? Give us. Not just us four and no more, but us communally. Lord, bless me to be a blessing. That's why we love bringing over people to our house. If you're new to the church from this season, my wife and I want to have you as our special guest in the house. That's one of the reasons why the Lord lets us have a nice house. We're going to spoil it on you. Amen? You come over. We're going to spend time with you. I want to get to know all the new members during this time. And then watch what happens in verse 7. In the God of peace or the peace of God. Somebody say the peace of God. But it comes from the God of peace, doesn't it? Which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. How many think that maybe that's what Abraham Lincoln was talking about? Yeah, the world's going crazy. Cousins and uncles and, you know, family members are killing each other, and we're seeing atrocities out here called slavery and things like this. But business is still good on the land. The flowers are still growing. The food is still coming forth. I don't know how God is doing it, but he's given me peace of mind to lead a nation. How many know that's probably what he's talking about? And if God could be with Abraham Lincoln during the Civil War while he takes a moment out to eat a meal, and give praise to God the Father. How many know we can do the same thing and say, God, I may not understand how it's all going to work out. I may not, I may have to go selling things on Amazon, God. I may have to do something like I've never done before. I might have to start a home garden and dig a well for water, but I believe you're going to give me peace that will transcend my understanding where I don't understand it, where I can be with my kids all day and they not drive me crazy. Amen. I find a release valve in my prayer closet. I find a release valve in my worship. 
Susanna Wesley, who raised up the Wesleyan revivalists, you know, Charles and John Wesley had so many children, many of them died, but she kept having them. I think she ended up having like 17 and 11 of them made it. But listen, as she had all those children around her, probably one of those old farmhouses, she said what she would do to get the release valve, to, to get out of the stress, she would tell her kids, when you see mama put over the apron, you leave mama alone because she's praying and talking to a God that can give peace to go beyond what she knows how to do. We used to make fun of a lot of those old people when we came to church as young people because I am a church kid, I'll be honest with you. But we used to make fun of them, but now we're starting to understand them. I would make fun of them because a lot of times they would testify. They would say, thank you, Jesus, for keeping me in my right mind. Now I understand why they're saying that, amen. Raise six kids. Have life go through World War One and Two. Come on, somebody. You'll start thanking God for waking you up in your right mind. You come out of COVID, you're going to be talking like that. I thank God for hugs. I thank God that I can go to the park again. People will be looking at you, and I always tell that people like, Ehuela, why do you have toilet paper all over the house? Ehuela, why is there so much water over here, Ehuela? Oh, you don't know, Nino. You don't know. You don't know, Tito. You don't know what we went through in 2020. You don't know what we went through. You don't know what we went through. You will never understand. I'm telling you, we're going to be those people, you know. You're going to look at me, you know, seriously, I'm going to be 80 years old and the policeman's just going to be coming in to come check on our air conditioning, I mean, to come check on the permits. I'm going to be like, what you doing here, Jack? And they're going to be like, what's the problem? I'm like, he ain't shutting it down again, boys. They're now shutting it down again. Last time I saw two of them come up here like that, they tried to shut down the church. Seriously, we had two of them come and they're like, Pastor, we don't want to do this. But then don't do it then. Get some man parts and don't do it. Don't hand me that ticket. They're like, well, we just, we just have to do it. Don't put us on camera. And I told them, I won't put you on camera this time. Next time you come and give me a fine, I'm putting you on camera. Praise God. He's kept us. It goes beyond our understanding. In closing, please, let's go there. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Funnel your thoughts through this. Is COVID true? I believe it is. It's a little bit worse than the flu for the older people, not so bad for the kids. Is it true? Is it, is it true? Yeah. Is it noble to think about it every day? It's not noble. Is it right? No. Is it pure? No. It's going to defile your mind. It's going to put fear in you. Do what's right if that's on your job. But those who work in the health industry, thank you. If you're still here, we appreciate you. I'm sure you don't tell your people at the, the, the hospital where you work or, I mean, where you go to church. So we love you. But listen. Is that right? Yeah, there, there's a lot of things that are true. Are there people being sex trafficked today? Yeah, is it noble to think about it? Is it right to think about it? Is it pure? Yeah, but is it praiseworthy? No, you're not supposed to think about sex trafficking in the way of fixation. Otherwise, literally, you're going to walk around going, dear God, I can't survive in this world. Have you ever just got some true things in your mind and you just can't go to bed at night? Now, some of that, don't get me wrong, God uses to provoke us to be workers of justice. But how many know Jesus didn't walk around and go, oh, man, you're going to hell. You look so cute right now, but you're going to hell. I already know that. Just want to let you know. You're going to get run over by a Roman chariot. It's going to hurt. You're going to lay there for a while. They're going to try to pick you up, but you're going to be in pieces. I just can't think about it. You know, 
He didn't walk around with all of his knowledge going, I'm so depressed. Everybody's going to die. These people are going to go to hell. This one. Jesus understood that in this world there was pain and suffering. He taught us that. And when he went to the cross, he taught us to look to his suffering vicariously for us. And so that as his arms are spread out, he is welcoming all of us to come in our pain and not to be fixated by the evils of this world. I remember my nephew, who ended up passing away in Afghanistan, uh, was a Marine. And as he was there, at the beginning, rather, of um, basic training, he called up my mother, which is his grandma, the godly influence in his life. He uh, grew up with an ungodly dad, my brother. And he said to my mom, he goes, you know, they're showing us these videos of what we can expect over there. It was the second Gulf War. And he said, I don't know if I can do this. This is freaking me out. You know, they're showing them the torture, the videos, what they want to do to, to soldiers over there. He said, I can't think about it. It's just, it, it's make, it makes me frozen. I can't move. I can't do anything. And my, my mom prayed for him and said, that may be true. That can happen. But God is with you. And whatever you face, God will be with you. It's like the old story Corey Tim Boone said as she was suffering through the Nazi Holocaust. She was brought there because of her family hiding Jews, the hiding place. You can get the book or watch the movie. And she never thought she would have what it took because she was such a young girl to go through such a, a, a crazy time. She knew in her mind, if my dad gets caught, we're probably all going to these concentration camps our, our Jewish friends are going to. And she tells the story that God brought her through. And that God gave her a lot of these things that we now have as one-liners, but that they became true to her. Some of these one-liners we need to go back to. She said something like this, that God made it real to her. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. As her sister was dying, she said, there is no pit that is so deep that God is still not there. And then as she came out of it, she was called to the mission field. She went to the churches that a lot of them were happy to serve Jesus. They had to come, especially in Africa. She was a lot, a lot in Africa with suffering people there. And they were so happy to come to Jesus. But the Lord had told her, many of these African Christians are going to suffer martyrdom. She saw that Islam was coming in those areas as it still is today. And so she didn't want to give them a superficial Christianity and see them go away. So she said to them, some of you may give your lives for Jesus. Some of you may see your children give their lives for Jesus. It's going to be very hard. But here's what my father taught me. Here's what brought me through. She said, when I would go to the store, my dad would never give me the money a couple days ahead of time. He would give me the money right at the door. And he would say, here's the money for the bread. Here's the money for the milk. I'll see you when you get back. And she said, oftentimes we don't know the strength that God has for us until we're standing at the door of the conflict. And God says, here it is. And so I can't promise you that there won't be some bad things that happen. But we will not do any good thinking about them. Tomorrow has enough worry of its own. Thinking and worrying about tomorrow does not give you strength. It empties the strength of today. That's another one that she said. And what we have to do during this time is guard our thoughts, guard our minds, find things to be thankful for, and we will make it through this in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we stand up and give it up for Jesus today? Band and altar workers, would you come? For those who need encouragement on how to do that, if you scroll down, good sir, please, you see in Psalm 107 that the psalmist says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those he redeemed from the land of the flow, those he gathered from the lands. The Bible says that you got to tell your story. How many already got a story how God kept you through the times of March and April and May and all of those things? Anybody? Am I by myself? 
How many got some stories? Tell those stories. Tell those stories. You've already conquered some things right now that you would have been afraid of a year to conquer, to go and face. Am I not telling the truth? If I told you what you now know this 2020 would be, if I told you that in January, how many of you would still show up? You wouldn't show up to nothing. You'd be like, man, I'm scared. There's going to be a disease everywhere. There's going to be burning down of the cities. There's going to be all of this mass confusion over elections. There's going to be division in families. Christian churches and, and members are going to be fighting against each other. False beliefs. But when that, op- uh, when, when that opportunity came for you to stand up for what was right, how many of you stood up? Because God gave you the strength right when you needed it. Keep that passage up for me, please. We need to believe God that he has what we need. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Verse 4, some wandered in desert uh, wastelands, finding nowhere to call a city to dwell. Some dwelling in clubs. Some nerding out in their bedroom doing naughty things. Some hanging with the dudes on the block. Come on. Some being atheists. Some being suicidal. Some being on drugs. We need to remember where we came from and be thankful that God came and got us. They were hungry and thirsty and their lives ebbed away. But then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and He delivered them from their distress. How can Paul and Silas sing in a jail cell? Because they had been singing through the times that they had already faced. So if you sit next to me in a Chicago jail cell and you hear me blessed out, praise God from whom all blessings flow, you know that that praise didn't start there. That is the product of the seeds that were sown prior to that because of the deliverance of God that I have testified. And if now is the time I go, then this is God's doing because the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be His name. A lot of Christians said they were about faith. Now they put their faith on a mask. A lot of them say they were, they were ready for the end times. Now they're going to be the first one in line to get the mark of the beast. A lot of them said that we're, we're here till Christ comes back. We'll be faithful. And they give up once the things came their, their way on their job. Or some family member said, well, if you go to that church, we don't want to hang around with you because you might give us COVID. What, what is it going to take for you to live for Jesus, my friends? It's going to take us being thankful and not wanting to trade him for anything. I'm not trading God for temporary pleasure. I am not trading God for the, 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 the well-spoken name that men can give me. I want to live for God for his glory. I want to be that person that's faithful even unto death. And I want to see a generation changed. Does anybody else want to see that in our generation? I want to see young people saved. I want to see us come back to God. And if it took COVID to do it, then we would have to say it was God's will for us to suffer. Because how much have we come to Him in our times of prosperity? We have so much prosperity that we don't even thank God for it anymore. Give me the food, dude. Let's eat. How many times have you guys sat at a table with your friends and said, hold on, hold on. We got to pray over this. We got to thank God for this. Father, thank you that green grass still grows on this earth. 
Thank you that your rain comes down, waters the earth. Thank you that your sun comes out, photosynthesis, God. Transference of energy, Jesus. Thank you that animals produce after their kind. Thank you, God, that we enjoy this meal with a body that functions, a nervous system that allows me to feed myself and not somebody putting a straw in me. Thank you, Lord, that I have taste buds to enjoy it. Thank you, God, that I get to have this opportunity with friends that I'm not alone, that I enjoy this meal. In your name we pray. Amen. Do that next time you're at Whataburger. Do that next time you're at the Takaria. See what happens. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we got to thank you for this food. Lord, we got to thank you for what you've done in our lives. I double dog dare somebody on Thanksgiving or throughout this week make a video of thankfulness. Put out a post about what God has done for you. Amen. Get free from anxiety and the pressure of this world and be who God calls you to be. Verse 8, let them give thanks to the Lord for His unfailing love. He still loves us in the midst of our hardship. His wonderful deeds for mankind. He satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Father, thank you for this great day. If you're here today as I'm praying and you don't know Jesus, come on, I'm thankful you're here. All you have to do to know Jesus is be thankful that he died on the cross for you. Acknowledge him today as your Lord and Savior. Say, Jesus, I believe you died. We're buried, rose again on the third day to save a sinner like me. Be thankful for his grace and confess your sins and you will be saved. If you need help with that, brothers and sisters are up here. Even as I'm praying, you can move around and be comfortable however you wish to do so to receive prayer. For the rest of us who are here today that are saved, are you thankful for grace? Well then right now, thank God for three to five things he's done in your heart. Thank him for three to five things. God, I thank you for my wife. I thank you for my children. I thank you for freedom, God. I thank you for this nation, God, of plentiful and bounty. God, I thank you for all that we see that you're doing in this church, the baptisms. A few moments. Come on, be thankful, saints. Be thankful. Be thankful. God, I'm thankful that whatever evil I've suffered this year, you're turning for good. Whatever rejection that I've gone through, you're turning for good, oh God. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all his holy name. Bless the Lord. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. We'll dismiss in just a moment, but come on, saints. We're blessing them today. Sing like never before. Amen. We'll go back to singing that in just a moment. But now let's repent for our national sins. Let's repent for the sins of this nation before we go. Lord, we repent for abortion. We repent, God, for corruption in our leadership, in our government. We repent, oh Lord, for greed. Come on, pray, pray, pray that God would heal this land. We repent, oh God, for cowardice. We repent, oh God, for hatred and anger. Injustice. We repent, O oh God. Heal us.
Forgive us. Unify us. We repent of our evil desires, oh God, in entertainment, in music, oh God, our idolatry in sports, oh God, and with superstars. Forgive us, forgive us. Forgive us for neglecting your word, neglecting your house of prayer. Forgive us of our lukewarmness, our apathy towards the gospel and making disciples. Forgive us for abandoning the orphan, the widow, the fatherless. Few moments, come on. Come on, get some practice out before you have Thanksgiving because that's what it's meant for, right? Don't you remember what, what President Abraham Lincoln said? We bring Thanksgiving, but we also bring penance. Thank you, Lord, for forgiveness. Even in your anger, oh God, you're merciful. You're merciful.